Welcome back to another episode of Win Championship Repeat Boston Sports Podcast. And on this week's episode, we're going to be talking about some assistant coaches joining the Celtics and some potential um, assistant coaches that uh, already signed. Um, and we are going to be focused on that to start. And then we're going to be looking at some point guard stuff and maybe some big news. Um, hopefully, uh, the Celtics can. Uh, Take advantage. Um, so I want to talk about and discuss pretty much uh, all of that and um, go from there. So the Boston Celtics had a lot of issues with their coaching staff and the fact that a lot of their coaches were IMA's uh, hires and they ended up leaving. And now Missoula is going to get a chance with help from Brad Stevens to reshape and reform his coaching staff. And one of the things that they were looking for is a veteran assistant coach with potential head coaching experience if possible um and they were looking for someone who knew what they were doing on the basketball court and they ended up looking for a variety of different options and one of those options came in the form of uh, a former player a former Celtics player a former champion a former Celtics champion and he was just uh out of a job so the Boston Celtics officially signed Sam Cassell to be the assistant coach, head assistant coach, alongside Joe Mazzulla in this roster. He was obviously a champion in 2008 with the Big Three. In Boston, he won two in Houston with the Rockets. Uh, he has been on Doc Rivers' coaching staff through uh, the Clippers, Philadelphia. He has been with Doc Rivers and been riding with Doc Rivers for a while now. And when Doc Rivers got fired from the uh, 76ers, they brought in Nick Nurse. And Nick Nurse brings in his own crew of coaches. And that means now Sam Cassell was out of a job. And it's perfect fit for the Celtics because here's someone who knows what it's like to play in Boston. And knows what it's like to be an assistant coach. And is probably a well-respected assistant coach. And someone who has all the experience in the world. He has gotten multiple interviews over the past two or three years for head coaching positions, and while none of them have stuck, he is a very well-respected in the world of the NBA and coaching world of the NBA, which is something uh, that is important. And so he brings everything that Joe Mazzulla did not have. He brings NBA experience, coaching experience, assistant coaching experience, all of which uh, took place uh, in the NBA, and Joe Mazzulla had a little bit of assistant coaching experience at the back end of the bench with the Celtics, but that was about it. And so now Sam Cassell comes in. He is the man, and he is going to be stepping into that uh, sort of co-pilot role. And I think this is going to be good for the team. Uh, they had looked at other options. Uh, Frank Vogel was an option, but he is the coach in Phoenix now, head coach there. They also looked at Steven Silas, but I guess Sam Cassell was a better option because uh, he signed. And Steven Silas was in talks with the Celtics, but he ended up uh, not going anywhere in Boston and is now the head assistant coach with Monty Williams in Detroit. So Detroit now has um, Monty Williams and Steven Silas. Um, so the Celtics added in Sam Cassell. This is important. They're also looking at other guys. Uh, Charles Lee, who is a well-known assistant coach with Milwaukee and Giannis and Mike Bootenholzer and obviously Bud got uh, fired as well and so his uh, staff comes out. Adrian Griffin who was a assistant in Toronto is now the head coach 
in Milwaukee, so he is going to bring in his own staff. And so Charles Lee could take that second bench spot next to Sam Cassell. And Joe Mazzulla could be uh, with two pretty good coaches. There hasn't been anything on Charles Lee yet, but there's been rumors that uh, he might uh, be someone they are targeting. Now, I think this is the perfect first step. So you have a championship roster of players. You have coaching staff that is um, just very, uh, you know, very new. And it was a lot of coaches from a former head coach who was uh, let go. And so those guys all left, which is very good because clearly they didn't do much. Um, and maybe Damian Stoudemire did the most out of the bunch, but he got a head coaching job at Georgia Tech for basketball, so he's out. And he probably would have went along with uh, Ime anyways because um, they were all coming in together. And so now Joe Mazzula has his own coaching staff. And for Sam Cassell, this is an assistant coaching job, but this could also lead to a head coaching position in the future because we don't know what Joe Mazzulla is going to be. And as much as Brad Stevens is like, we're sticking with Joe, if they have a window with Jalen and Jason and they have a window to win, I don't know if they're going to keep Joe long-term if he's not working. If they realize, hey, this guy has no experience and it's not really going well, who are they going to look for to be the next head coach? And nine times out of ten, it's going to be uh, a look at the assistant coach first. And Sam Cassell has a resume that is more than qualified to be a head coach in the NBA. And so he might be looking at this from that standpoint where he could end up getting a head coaching gig out of this, which hopefully he's an assistant coach and Joe Mazzulla is a head coach and it works out and everything goes as it should. But you never know. So that's probably something as well. But Sam Cassell was out of a job because Doc Rivers was out of a job. And now... Um, it seems like the only opening right now is Toronto. So I don't know if Doc Rivers is going to get a head coaching job uh, anywhere else. I don't know if he's going to even um, you know, do anything in the world of basketball. He was, I think at one point, uh, an announcer. Um, so maybe he'll go back to that. But uh, you never know what's going to happen with him. But Sam Cassell is uh, taking his role with um, the Celtics. And, you know, we are going to be uh, happy to have him. So... That is important uh, and is exactly what we need. So I want to talk about something. I kind of alluded a little bit to it um, earlier, which was a potential uh, home run of a signing that the Boston Celtics need to, to, to look at big time. And this is involving Chris Paul. So apparently um, Chris Paul has been waived by the Phoenix Suns. He is 38 years old. He was uh, just waived by Phoenix. And he is somebody who in his career has made teams better. He has gone from location to location and has made every team he's gone to have a better record and a better team. And I remember when he was traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder and everyone thought, oh, well, they're going to just rebuild and this and that. And he ended up getting uh, that team, which there wasn't a great core around. Um, he ended up getting that team all the way to the playoffs. They lost, I think, in the first round. Um, but regardless of that, he got them to the playoffs, and he's done it with countless teams. He was great with uh, Houston. He was great in Phoenix when they made the finals. Um, and he is waived, um, and he's going to be a top for agent 
And I got to be honest with you, he wants to go to a contender. And I think the Celtics are exactly the contender for him. And with this news, everybody's been talking about how um, the Celtics need to shake something up. And they need a true point guard. Well, there's no better true point guard than Chris Paul. And if Chris Paul makes teams better, Celtics went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Celtics went to the NBA Finals. Celtics can win a championship. You bring in Chris Paul, that's going to make you even better. And with Chris Paul as your starting point guard and Marcus Smart as your starting shooting guard, this would be a very good roster. Now, obviously, your roster would have a lot of guards, and this would be under the assumption that Peyton Pritchard gets traded, and you might even have to trade away Brogdon um, if you need to. I don't think so. I mean, if you have Chris Paul and you have um, somebody like uh, Marcus Smart and Derek White and Malcolm Brogdon, I think that's good because, you know, a two-big system. I think Al Horford's not a starter anymore, but... Chris Paul, Marcus Smart, Tatum, Brown, and Robert Williams is a great starting five. And, you know, Chris Paul has probably a ton of interest coming from a million different teams that could use his uh, abilities. And while I honestly think that, you know, he could go to L.A. and be with LeBron, he could go to, you know, a bunch of different teams. I think the Celtics offer a very good package of, um, you know, players on the roster and, uh you know, I think he is uh, somebody who has uh, a lot of seasons left. Uh, he wants to contend. He wants to, to win. And if you want him to go to the Lakers, it's just not a good fit because, you know, he's not going to win with the Lakers. He'd be wasting his time. And, you know, he wants to go to a team that has a chance at winning. And he could go to a team like Denver. He could go to a team like Philly or, um, you know, if he wants to go to Milwaukee. But... I think the Celtics offer a lot to uh, to you know anyone, and uh, he would be very uh, very uh, great for this team. And I think he should come to Boston, and Boston and Brad Stevens should pursue this heavy. Like they should offer him a big contract or at least what they can, and they should like go and throw whatever they can at him and bring him in because he is somebody that they need to at least uh, go for because he is a perfect point guard, fits this roster, and they have to do it. And, you know, this team itself is good, but they could use a true point guard. And there was a part of me that thought the Celtics, you know, should consider trading Marcus Smart for someone who's a more true point guard and kind of leaving our roster with Derek White and Malcolm Brogdon as the other guards. But... I like Chris Paul as a player, and, um, you know, as I've mentioned, he makes teams better, and every team he goes to, he just brings something to the table, and I think that is a very good uh, thing to have. So I think they should pursue this as best they can and throw out, you know, as much of a, you know, offer as they can give them and say, hey, we have two of the greatest young stars in the league, and we can win a championship with you. So I think this is perfect, and we'll see what happens. Now, another point guard who is not a free agent, but is someone that people have been discussing for a few years now is Damian Lillard. And I wanted to you know, talk about this because there was um, something that uh, was discussed, um, and uh, Lillard was talking uh, to ESPN's uh, Brian Custer, um, and uh, basically said he wants to remain in Portland. 
there needs to be a separate conversation on his future if they fail to put a strong team around him. And he was asked to rank uh, teams he'd be willing to play for, New York, Miami, Boston, Brooklyn, and he said he would choose Miami as his preference of the group. And so, obviously, there's not really much you can say about that. Uh, When you're a a star player under contract, you like your team, you know, you've had no problems, they've treated you well, obviously you're not going to go out there and say, I want to trade. Even though everybody knows Lillard is wasting his career in Portland, they have the third overall pick, they should be focused on that. Trade Lillard, get as much as you can, Uh, but, you know, Portland still wants to hold on to him, and it's going to be a shame if... Damian Lillard plays a whole career without winning a championship solely because he wanted to stay in Portland or they wanted him to stay in Portland. And so to me, there are a lot of teams out there that would be interested if he ever was like, hey, I'm, I'm leaving. But in terms of what was mentioned in terms of Miami, I don't know if they have enough to get this done. And if you look at their draft picks, they have a few picks that they can trade, like three first round picks, one of which is number 18 in this year's draft. But they don't really have, you know, the right pieces. Tyler Hero obviously would be involved. Nikola Jovic would probably be involved, maybe for salary reasons, Kyle Lowry and Duncan Robinson. But I just don't know if they have the right package. Obviously, you could make uh, it work. um, But Portland, I just don't think, would want that, to be honest. And so I think... When it comes to the other teams out there, I think the Celtics have a lot more to offer. Um, even if you decide, hey, we're going to keep Tatum and Brown. You know, they have their own draft picks. They have Robert Williams. They have Derek White, Peyton Pritchard. You know, there's a lot of different things that they can do. And they also have Grant Williams. They could sign and trade him. I think if Brown is in this deal, then obviously, um, you know, it's a lot easier to get done because I think Portland would be interested in Jalen Brown and they could pair like a Scoot Henderson and like a Shady on Sharp and a Jalen Brown. And that would be sort of a building block, if you will. So I think there's more to offer for Boston of these teams because obviously, like I said, um, you know, Brown involved, it could be done. Brown not involved, maybe it'll be a little bit more difficult, but you never know. Then they had mentioned uh, Brooklyn, um, but my issue with Brooklyn is they don't have really the the players to do it. They could offer a shit ton of picks, and if that's what they want, go for it. But none of the picks are their own. They're all Phoenix's picks. So it's not like you're getting picks that are just, you know, Brooklyn ones. Um, You'd be getting Philly and Phoenix picks. And if you traded Nicholas Claxton, let's say Cam Thomas, you know, maybe something could get done. But I don't know if Brooklyn has the right players for this deal. And so I'd probably say they're uh, out on it. And then if you talk about the New York Knicks, I mean, Emmy and Lillard obviously would make them a great team, but they already went all in on Jalen Brunson. And I don't think Damian Lillard and Jalen Brunson work well together because they're both point guards. But I also think the Knicks aren't just going to get rid of Jalen Brunson after everything they did. So I don't really think they're going to be an option in that case as much as maybe they feel like, you know, they could be. Um, And so honestly, I don't know exactly for Damian Lillard where sort of the market would be. Um, 
because I think, you know, obviously if he wants to go to Miami, that's fine, but I don't think they have the right options. Um, and I think, you know, there are so many, you know, other teams that just, to be honest, could have better options there. And so obviously, you know, uh, the Celtics were mentioned as a potential landing spot. Um, and I think, you know, it has been thrown out there into oblivion. And this kind of reminds me of like Anthony Davis a little bit because Anthony Davis was that type of player and he was that type of guy that everyone was looking for and Celtics rumors and this, that came up. And, uh, unfortunately for the Celtics, they didn't get him. He ended up going to a new spot, but I think this has shades of that because we were rumored to be in on Anthony Davis and there were so many stories over like a three-year period every offseason it was like this story on uh, Anthony Davis this story on Anthony Davis and we ended up losing out to the Lakers and you know Damian Lillard obviously is making his presence known at least where he kind of wants to be on this but it's never where you want to go Kyrie had his list he ended up in Boston you know a lot of teams have their list Kawhi Leonard probably had a list he ended up in Toronto Paul George, uh, you know, he had a list and he ended up where he did. And I feel like you don't always get what you want. And, you know, you always seem to get a situation that might benefit you in the end, but they're not going to give you exactly what you want. So if Damian Lillard says, hey, I want to go to Miami, 99% sure he's not going to Miami because that's not going to be something that they let happen. They're going to want the best bidder. They're going to want the biggest package. And if that happens to be Miami, so be it. But most likely it's probably going to be somebody else. And so the amount of teams out there that have the capital, draft capital, trade pieces, there's a lot. So I think, you know, he's probably not ending up in Miami. Um, Boston's interesting because I honestly don't think they do any uh, deal without Jalen Brown. And... I don't know if this is going to be a similar situation to Kevin Durant where there's all these rumors and they're like, well, you have to throw in Jalen Brown and everyone's like, well, we can't do Jalen Brown for Damian Lillard. And they always got to find an excuse. And I mean, in all honesty, I'd rather just take a free agent, Chris Paul, throw him in there with this team and watch us, you know, succeed. But, you know, I think our cast of characters is far more better than what Phoenix had, even though they do have Durant. Devin Booker gets injured a lot. DeAndre Ayton's, you know, injury prone. Um, you know, the Celtics are the Celtics, and I think that's a better play. Uh, but uh, it's very interesting to see what'll exactly happen when it comes down to it. And so I think the Celtics are going to um, make the right moves, and they're going to, you know, see what, what happens. And, you know, I guess we'll kind of go from there. Uh, and so the Celtics, I think... Uh, are probably out on Damian Lillard unless something changes. But Chris Paul, whole nother story. So I haven't really been focused on any real Red Sox news because, I mean, the Red Sox, they're not great. Uh, they have been sort of one of those teams that has been overall not too bad, but in the AL East, uh, not so good. They are the five in the AL East. They're at the bottom. Uh, and... Actually, what's crazy to me is they have uh, just as good tied record as the Minnesota Twins, who are leading the American League Central. Isn't that crazy? Um, every team in the American League East has more wins than um, Minnesota, uh, and the Red Sox are tied there. 
Now, the Red Sox um, have been uh, four and six over their last 10 games. And when you look at everything that they've done, um, you know, they won their last one. They've lost a few against Tampa Bay. Um, and they lost some games to the Reds. Uh, they uh, ended up winning the series against uh, the Diamondbacks. They lost against the Angels in all those games that they played against the Angels. Um, I mean, they're not the greatest team by any means, uh, and their pitching is subpar, at least from the starters. And so if we can get like a true ace in the hole, then I think we'll be much better. But the one bright spot is uh, coming from Masataka Yoshida, who has a... Uh, Batting average of .319, which leads the Red Sox. Seven home runs, 33 RBIs. He is um, pretty good for them. Uh, And honestly, one of the things that I think is going to help us with him, and this is something that could be uh, a very big help, is when Shoei Otani is a free agent and has an option of choosing where he wants to play. This could be one of the guys that helps corral him to Boston. I don't know if he'll actually ever um, get on the market, Um, but I do think if he does, he would be a very good addition to the Red Sox, and, you know, they could use uh, Yoshida and, I'm assuming, the friendship from Team Japan to to bring uh, Shoei to Boston, and he could pitch, he could DH, he could play the outfield, and I'm sure they'd be like, just whatever you want to do, just tell us, and that's fine. So if he's the next David Ortiz, and he happens to pitch a little bit here and there, then you know, I'm not complaining. If he wants to play the outfield, he can do that as well. But um, Yoshida has been a very nice signing for uh, the Red Sox. And, um, you know, that's been very important to our team. Now, our pitching um, leaders, if you will, um, we don't really have that many. Chris Sale has five wins, which is surprising. And he has 71 strikeouts, which is also um, surprising because of his injuries, but, um, the Red Sox earned run average as a team is 4.64, which is 24th in baseball. Not that good. Um, so they need to make some adjustments, um, and maybe they will be a little bit of a better team.